0: reading glasses a show
1: about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better i'm author and book devourer mallory O'Mara, and i'm bria grant filmmaker and e-reader uh this episode we're checking off another box on the 2021 reading glasses challenge read a book recommended by your librarian and we're talking to author and fellow maximum fun podcast co-host annabelle gerwich but first what are you reading bria okay So you know how there's been a big discussion among the Glassers and us about there's three books that all have similar titles that we get confused. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. The first.
0: What's so funny is after we talked about that on the show, we had a bunch of people write in. We're like, no, it's going to be this book. And I was like, no, there's actually three books with almost the same title.
1: So I already read The Seven or Eight Deaths of Stella Fortuna. Total recommend. Wonderful book. Loved it. Now I'm reading—I'm reading all three. I'm reading all three so I can tell everyone the difference. Now I'm reading The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, uh, which was very popular. So that's what a lot of people are thinking of. Um, I am not that far into it, but so far what it's about is this man wakes up in the woods, and he's yelling this woman's name, um, uh, and—and— He looks up, and he sees the woman, and she gets shot. And he's like, what? And then a man walks up to him and hands him a compass and is like, go east or something. And the man goes east, and he ends up at this at this house, this giant estate house of the Hardcastles. And there's all these people there, and they're having a party, and everyone's like, hello, old chap! And when they all know him, and he ha- can't remember who he is. And he, he's like, I just saw a woman shot in the woods, and no one knows who this woman was, because he was yelling the name Anna. And everyone's like, we don't know an Anna. And um, basically, uh, he's trying to figure out who this is, and it sends him down this mystery, and also he's trying to figure out who he is now. That's what the book is about. But when I read what it's about online, <laughs> basically it's a, it's a um, time loop book, which I haven't gotten to that part. But they give this away online. Um, basically, Evelyn Hardcastle will die every day until um, this main guy can um, identify her killer and break the cycle. That's what the, it says it is. But oh my, my God, pitch, I had no idea yeah my look it's already very good. I'm really enjoying it, so I'm glad I'm doing all this reading of the of the various the various eight and seven and whatever the other one is uh, uh the seven seven de- husbands of e- of Evelyn seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo yeah, yeah, that's right that'll be the next one I read uh but yeah, <sighs> so this one so I can tell them all apart, but this is very different. This is a thriller uh whereas the Stella Fortuna one was uh, uh just about the life of this woman and how she almost died this number of times. It's
0: like a literary fiction. Literary right?
1: fiction, and this is definitely a thriller. Um, and It says it's for fans of Claire North, and I will say absolutely so far I love Claire North, and this feels like the same kind of world. Uh, oh, What are you reading, Mallory?
0: I am reading a graphic novel that feels like it was made for me. Um, it's called Snapdragon by Cat Lay, um, but I should talk about it under the original title of it, which will make you understand why I love it, which was Roadkill Witch. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> It is so many wheelhouse things. So, it's a uh, YA graphic novel, um, it, an own voices LGBTQ uh, graphic novel. And it's about this young girl who lives down south and she doesn't have a lot of friends, um, except for her dog. And she run, has a weird run in with the, the lady who's known as the town witch and ends up kind of becoming her friend and wants to be her apprentice and then she ends up making another friend because they bond over their love of weird horror movies and uh the witch collects roadkill and helps set the animal spirits free and like does all kinds of cool stuff with the bones and wow it, that's really and cool. the witch used to be a motorcycle rider and it is just like it is so packed with like Cute, spooky, witchy, bone stuff. And I was just like, Jeremy bought it a while ago and read it. And he was like, Mallory, you have to read this book. This book was made for you. And I am reading it now. And I was like, yes, you're correct. This book was made for me. I love the art. I It's just, for all you spooky uh, graphic novel lovers out there,
1: must read. It is so much fun. Uh, so that is Snapdragon by Kat Lay. And mine is The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Tur- Turton.
0: Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Um, Emily wrote in about t- being taken out of a book, um, love the pod and you have all turned me on to a bunch of books I've really loved in the last year. One of the books was redacted. I'm not, I'm not going to name it on the show. Um. I went on to read another book of this author's, which was redacted. Uh, I loved both so much, but one of them takes place in Chicago. I had a very similar reaction to Mallory around the location issues. I've lived in Chicago for seven years, and when I was reading where the main character was going, none of the geography made any sense. You can't get from Pilsen to Logan Square on the highways they talked about. They They even used an address that didn't make any sense. It definitely took me out of it for a while so I could fume about the geography, but the story was so interesting and engrossing that I did finish the book. All told, I would still recommend the book and give a
1: disclaimer that the geography is stupid, but the story is not. Um, another listener wrote in about this and said, Hi, Brian Mallory. I felt this subject in my soul. I'm an aid worker who's lived in the Middle East for almost 15 years, and I have two related pet peeves that will kick me right out of a book. A, mistakes in Arabic. Uh, for example, the book I read, there were in, the, in a book I read, there were Arabic letters, but they weren't connected together. Arabic works like cursive, it's got to be connective. And also, um, this happens on screen all the time too or the book i read i read where a character has an arabic name that is totally illogical linguistically come on people it's a UN language spoken by 4, four to 22 million people get a sensitivity, sensitivity language reader Wow, this is a good point get a get a sensitivity reader um And B, the other thing uh, that uh, kicks uh, this person out of the book is half-sentence references to Middle Eastern countries to illustrate violence as a joke. Uh, For example, Palestine or Lebanon in books that were otherwise amazing. It's cliched and typical, ruining the whole book. Boo. Oh, interesting. Uh, Thanks for talking about this. It was fascinating. This is from one of our many Sarahs. (laughs) Love it,
0: uh, and then M sent in a wheelhouse that is houses with names. Which ooh yeah,
1: <laughs> love a named a name.
0: house. Yeah, because you know it's going to be a creepy, creepy, weird house mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. an. Inc- I, ugh, you know I have a weird obsession with houses. Um, Night slash fairy markets. Ooh, another good thing. Sapphic witches, tough yet vulnerable love interests, detailed world building, secret societies, and library bookstore adjacent stories. These are all really good wheelhouses.
1: Very good. Love it. Oh,
0: I want to make a list of all the name, like books with named houses. Oh, I yeah. love it. So quick bookmark. We are still collecting uh, questions for our special 200th episode AMA. Uh, you can ask us questions about anything. Ask us about our pets. Ask about us about books. Ask us about, I don't know, our music tastes, our fashion taste, anything. Anything you want to know, just ask us. Uh, we're really excited. I can't believe it's 200 episodes. We've been doing the show for four years almost. That Good is, Lord. holy crap. Uh, so, uh, wow. But uh, yeah, we'd love for you to celebrate with us. We're really excited to do an AMA episode. Um, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show, delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk
1: about getting Rex from the library, we're going to take a quick break. This week, Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Libby. Something we love. We love Libby. Both Mallory and I use it all of the time. If you don't know what Libby is, which we talk about all the time, it's a free reading app created by Overdrive. And it lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library that you can read on your phone, tablets, Kindle, or computers. All you need is a valid library card from your library. Y'all, this week we're even talking about libraries. We love the library. I use Libby all of the time. It has very, a very cute, a very easy to use layout. We absolutely love this app. If you don't have a library card currently, you can read samples of any book you see. Even if you don't have a library card, you should totally go get this app, even if you don't have the library card, and then maybe you'll want a library card. But if not, you can go read samples, and then you can go buy the book somewhere else if you want. Wow, what an easy way to check out a book. Libby works just like a physical library. You simply borrow available books you wanna read, and then they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. Mallory and I talk about this all the time. This makes it very easy for me to check stuff out. I don't have to go to the library. Y'all know I e-read exclusively, pretty much, and I use Libby all the time. It returns my books automatically, so I never have to worry about late fees. It's wonderful, and it it makes me get to those books, which I really appreciate. So download Libby in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling eBooks and audio books today. Glasses, Libby, we love it.
2: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard, and we have no advice, but we do
1: see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. What was this? Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, yeah. Honk if you did it? That's what it I was. I think it was
2: Honk if you're doing it.
1: <laughs> Why did we not ever make those? those we did make them. I really? think they're
2: still in the Max Fun store. <laughs>
1: Honk, honk.
2: You're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Biz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Honk, honk. Toot, toot.
0: We're going to the library, virtually anyway. We're ticking off another box on the 2021 Reading Glasses Challenge. Read a book recommended by your library or a librarian. We love libraries and librarians. They're one of the best people to recommend a book to you. We're really excited about this part of the challenge.
1: Bria, what do you think? Well, first, I realize we've never done a history on libraries. Have we? Have we talked about this?
0: No, but we should do an episode on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean also I'm going to give everybody a little rundown about histories uh the history of libraries in North America. America claims that the first library is in Boston. Uh, was was um was in Boston somewhere. You'll love that Mallory. Uh um hey. uh opened in the, around 1711, but there are libraries that go as far back as like Egypt in 900, like they, they, they've been around for a long, long time. Um, And basically um, at this time in the 1700s in North America, uh, populations were growing larger and more wealthy and there was a need for education and books to be available to the masses. So we had to start going, putting up libraries. We had to have public places for people to go and find books because you couldn't go, it was hard, it was hard to buy a book, but you could go, you know, check it out. And we needed that to educate people because people were learning to read around that time, which was great. Um, uh, more people were learning to read. Um, and in the eight, late 1800s, I didn't realize how important that Andrew Carnegie was uh, to the library system. I mean, we we really owe a lot uh, to that dude. Um, he started building libraries all over in in, in all these cities um, and spent tons of money doing it. And basically he was like, look, I'll build a library here if the city agrees to um, maintain and staff it after I leave. Um, and so— wow. Um, those people did do that. They stayed. They staffed it and now they're here to help you get books. (laughs) The greatest pursuit known to man. Mm -hmm. So those are two library things. There's a lot more stuff about libraries but I thought those were two interesting little facts. Uh, So the quickest way to
0: get a recommendation from your library is to just check out your library's website. Brian uh, well, Brian, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, even small town library websites usually have like a staff reviews or a staff recommends or what we're reading section. I, which I love looking at, um, no matter like uh, there's a, my jeremy and i might there's an impending move in jeremy and i's future and uh first thing i did was look at the library website for the town that we were looking at nice um (laughs) i gotta check (laughs) it out um and if it's a small selection or you don't see anything you like in your town's website try another library you know the new york public library is huge um Our our Los Angeles Public Library is huge, Um, Brooklyn Public Library. There's many libraries all over the country and all over the world
1: that have great websites that you can get recommendations from yeah and we'll link to the los angeles public library one too because um they always have have good stuff um there's also usually a book club going or a great library read or like a city-wide read or something like that or um overdrive has something called the big library read which is for everyone uh the book for that right now is the art of taking it easy by brian king which is pretty rad honestly sounds real rad I actually. Sounds really good. I put a hold on it because I was like, I was just looking it up for the show, but I was like, wow, that sounds like a book that I need to. I like the idea, The Art of Taking It Easy. The subtitle is How to Cope with Bears, Traffic, and the Rest of Life Stressors, which eventually there's going to be traffic again. So I'm like, I, I should learn how to cope. <laughs> I'm going
0: <laughs> to, you're preparing, you're pre preparing for potential stressors in your future after everybody is vaccinated. I'm,
1: I'm preparing for traffic and you're preparing for bears. <laughs>
0: hoping one of them will talk to me um so our library which is the Los Angeles Public Library always has a ton of fun recommendations on the homepage Uh, Los Angeles Public Library is an amazing website um my favorite thing is it has a little slideshow of books that the, um, that the librarians are reading. And whenever I go to the website, I always end up checking it out no matter what I've gone to the website for. Um, it's really fun. They've also got a page that's full of book reviews by librarians, new releases, um, and more recommendations. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, and you could also, for this challenge, go to the library library and ask the librarian in person, you know, if your library is open, uh, and, uh, or you could call them. I actually had to call a librarian recently because I was trying to find some, a book uh, that I didn't want to buy because it was like a research book. It was very expensive, very complicated, but I had to call them and talk to them, which was very, they were super helpful, so you can definitely call them. Um, And I know it might seem self-indulgent to call your librarian and ask for a book recommendation, but I think if you go specific... It's gonna. They're gonna love it. You know, like say oh, yeah. like I'm looking for a book like this. Do you have a recommendation? And look, they're there for that. They they read a lot. They like recommending stuff. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So I mean, and a lot of them have book lists. They do uh, a best of list every year. Probably they're gonna have things, and they're gonna know what also people are checking out. So that's important too. They can give you like a little insight into the the wondrous world of other people's books.
0: Of the hot book tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we ran a book recs
1: hotline. I would love that. Wow! Is it just a job, where you just answer the phone and you get a book wreck.
0: And, and and yeah, people call in and they're like, "I want a thriller with a, about a woman," and I could be like, "All right, I got some books." Wow! For you. I good. wish we ran a book. Maybe I'll do that when I retire. I'll just open up book recommendations hotline. I think that that's your, <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely <laughs> your side hustle, <laughs> Bria. What are you doing for this part of the challenge?
1: know yet i'm still figuring it out i mean maybe i did put a hold on the art of taking it easy so i would read the big library read um i think what this will do in general for me though like which i think is sort of the point of what we're trying to get people to do is to kind of engage with my library more and look at the homepage on the library's website i just you know writing up this episode i went and looked up uh what was on the homepage and um they have stuff up for Women's History Month. They have a set of a whole section on the front page called Fantasy Set in Our World. And there's a lot of things that I was like, oh, I would definitely, I've read. So like The Ninth House oh, wow. was on there, but there's like other ones that I hadn't read. So I think I'm probably going to find one from somewhere like that. And I think what's good about this is it will really just help me engage with the website because a lot of times I just go and I'm in Bria world. So I'm just like looking at my own <laughs> shit, you know, and like trying to Which figure is out space. what I want to do next. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do
0: you know what you're going to read for this challenge? I want to say, Bria, world is space, but all the planets are chocolate.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you are flying through all of it. Uh, um, yes, I do. So there's a librarian in the uh, Los Angeles Public Library system named Daryl Maxwell, uh, who works at the West, Lib- West Valley Library, and he reviews and recommends books for the Los Angeles Public Library website, and his recommendations are always amazing. Uh, if you've ever seen a genre book recommended on that website, it's probably from Daryl. Mm. <laughs> uh, he's the one who gave me a copy of Theodora Goss' The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter. Ah, uh, and cool. He got me really into that series. Um, so I always check out books that he reviews and actually for this part of the challenge I'm going to read The Cabinets of Barnaby Maine by Eliza Hart uh, which is a historical murder mystery about the killing of a curiosities collector and this like woman detective has to uh, figure out who killed this man um, and maybe why Um, so of course I'm going to get it from the library
1: Um, okay question Uh, that sounds great if I read that that's really not me getting a recommendation from the library it's more me getting a recommendation from you (laughs) so need to go but i feel like that's a book i would really enjoy as well
0: yeah it looks fantastic yeah daryl has really really good taste uh actually one of the other books that he's recommending um recommended recently is that book hella have you seen that Mm-mm. um it's a new sci-fi book about um like it's like a futuristic but it's like it's kind of yeah, like a jurassic cool. park it's a, it's a planet where everything is oversized, yeah. especially the ambitions of the colonists. The trees are mile high. The dinosaur herds are huge and the weather, weather is extreme. So extreme, the colonists have to migrate twice a year to ex- escape the blistering heat of summer and the a- atmospheric freezing cold of winter. And yeah, it's about a young boy who is living on this like weird planet and, um, they're trying to like, you mean like gets involved in like their survival and like this world where everything is gigantic.
1: Cool. That just sound cool.
0: Um, but yeah, again, Daryl recommended it. So that's another cool thing too, is if you um if you look at your library a lot, you might like start to recognize some of the librarians and be able to um pick out like, oh well this librarian always recommends the kind of books that I like and I should I should really follow that. Um but again, you know, librarians are are superheroes and if you if you have a particular kind of book that you really want and you, even if it's for, not for the challenge even if there's you're it's something that you have been wanting to find more like you have a real house item that you can never find more books about call your librarian call your mm-hmm. library see see what they got they can help you um we're very interested to see what people get for this part of the challenge uh so you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com before we talk to author and fellow max fun podcast host annabelle gerwich we're going to take a quick break Hi, are you someone who thinks that when one
2: door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope, I'm Annabelle Gurwitch and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny!
0: So here we are with the author of You're Leaving When and co-host of the Tiny Victories podcast, Annabelle Gerwich. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining us. I am
2: so excited to talk to you, Mallory.
0: (laughs) So can you tell us about your new book, You're Leaving When?
2: Yes. So this, uh, You're Leaving When, Adventures in Downward Mobility, uh, is uh, for anybody who's had a Pema Chodron moment, and felt like they needed to pick up a copy of When Things Fall Apart, but they want the funny version. <laughs> because because I, I, was, I came to this point in my life where uh, I really had to question my identity. Okay, what my marriage was over, my kid had gone off to school. So I wasn't a wife anymore. I wasn't involved in daily motherhood, both my parents died. So I wasn't a daughter anymore. Um, And the question was, well, who was I? I hadn't even realized so much of my identity was bound up in those daily roles that I was playing in my life. And then I realized I'm not even the person I think I am. So in this book, it's all these different kinds of stories, uh, stories about uh, being the parent of a non-binary person. I thought I have a son, but I don't anymore. I have a non-binary person for a child, and all of then I, I thought i was an environmentalist and then i accidentally on kayak booked a seat on a private jet it's called an empty leg when they have an extra seat and they it was under $200 i had no idea what i was headed towards i'm somebody who goes through other people's recycling okay that's the kind of nutcase i am i get on this private plane and It was a flight from Los Angeles to Oakland, and the entire time I was going through the organs in my body, wondering about their health, and which one I could sell, so that I could travel like this the rest of my life. So it's all these moments, and then uh, you know, uh, then uh, I I, you know, with the post-divorce thing, my finances were just in such a shambles. I took in roommates. And so then all of a sudden I'm a landlady. I don't even like people. I mean, I like people in general, but not to live with, <laughs> you know? So all these points, the stories are about all these points that you can reach where you have to confront not, just, not the self that you tell the world you are or that you even think you are, but your real identity when everything else sort of falls away. And uh, so there's sort of something for everyone in this book. There's stories like I, you know, I'm always using myself as a memoirist as examples, but there's um, you know, a lot of social issues. I, I always think I'm not I'm not going through anything that everybody else isn't going through. So there's um the stories are about my life, but they're also really about, you know, what we're seeing in the world and I have of course had no idea when I started writing this book two and a half years ago, adventures with the subtitle adventures in downward mobility. I thought, okay, I'm a freelancer in the gig economy, uh, who is a, uh, you know, a Gen X, uh, person who's writing from this position of realizing I have, no financial security in the future and I thought are people going to relate to this and now I think the idea of like financial insecurity and the way the ways it affects your life which is you know something that bridges all these stories well it's everybody you know there's one percent of people who would look at this book and say I've never tried to fix my own dryer to save money but this is the book for all of us who've tried to fix their own dryer, failed, and then ended up spending more money and just couldn't believe, like, what an idiot they
0: feel like. (laughs) So... Seeing as the world is a dumpster fire and we're still in the pandemic, have your writing habits changed at all in the past year as a, you know, as a writer, has your reading habits changed at all as a reader?
2: You know, uh, one of the little life hacks that we're, trying to promote in the podcast Tiny Vic, tiny Victories uh, here on the Maximum Fun Network uh, is something that is really, a, a, came from my life as a writer. You know, uh, who amongst us hasn't had that day where, uh, which is every day for me, where I think of Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird. So, you know, you can only write one sentence at a time you know you've got to just tackle very very small amounts of writing at a time and tiny victories was is the is you know a podcast where we try to celebrate or cultivate an appreciation of small mercies and as a writer i feel like that's everything to me right now i have to make very small goals like i'm gonna write for you know uh there's some there's some uh, research that says it's better than picking like a like 30 minutes or 60 minutes but pick an off time so that your brain is just a little bit surprised and i use a timer i never was that person before. I'm timing, I'm doing timed writing, I'm doing accountability. Uh, in my book, I write about having a daily writer's Zoom that I host. Uh, I've been doing that for a year now where basically other writers and I, we sign on and you know we work in a quiet room but we look at each other making writer face, bitchy uh, uh, writer face and
0: uh, that. <laughs> what is writer face?
2: Face looks like you're miserable, like you have the worst <laughs> stomach ache that you've ever had in your whole life. It's not cry. It's not so much crying as terrible indigestion. That's what your face looks like. It's so personal, though. It's at first it was a little strange because to see someone wrestling with their thoughts, it's like more intimate than sex. You know, like you can have your sex face, particularly with someone you're you you know, you're newer to having sex with, but writer face is so guileless. It's kind of terrifying to be revealed. And it's kind of, there's kind of a trust involved. It's kind of magic. I, I have to say it's, it's, um, it, it makes you feel better if you're a writer to see how miserable everyone else is. Uh, not that everyone, Oh no, every writer's miserable in their own way. Every happy family is happy in the same way. And every unhappy writer is unhappy. In their own way. Isn't that the same? Or have I doctored That's it? the
0: same. I think yeah, right. that's right.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, small goals, accountability. Um, and uh, the other thing that's really important is rewarding yourself like a toddler. I am doing things like if I write for an hour, I get a hot chocolate. That is what I'm down to. Or, okay, two hot chocolates. I'm going to be honest.
0: Whatever works
2: whatever works yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so one thing we love to ask our guests is what their wheelhouse is is Mm -hmm. there a subject or multiple subjects any tropes that always get you to pick up a book
2: uh you know that's interesting so my wheelhouse as a reader is um Gosh, well, I'll tell you what I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in books about wellness. That's a real pet peeve of mine. I'm interested in uh, books that challenge my thinking. So, um, you know, one of my mentors, and still, I just her writing is so brilliant as Barbara Ehrenreich. And actually, we use a, a story that Barbara wrote for The Baffler in one of our episodes of Tiny Victories. Barbara is always challenging you to think deeply and be critical thinking. That is what is always getting me, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a book. And so I keep her book bright sided. By my bed. And I just pick it up from time to time. I mean, actually I have, I have all of her books. I don't have the new one. I need to get that. Um, but I, I love her just working at the top of her intelligence. Megan Dom is another writer that is willing to go to the edge of what is, you know, even politically acceptable. If, if we even want to recognize that phrase. So I, and again, I'm talking about nonfiction because I love nonfiction and I love the big thing. I love, I love a book that challenges how we think. I also, I'm a sucker for um, books on science. Lisa Randall, uh, the physicist, uh, her books, one of them, Knocking on Heaven's Door, oh, so brilliant, or uh, Dark Matter and the Dinosaurs. And her uh, reinterpretations and making it clear for people who were C minus science students like me, I just I I love that. I love uh, a book that helps me understand uh, science. So that's I'm always a sucker for that. Or uh, brain function. Lisa Genova writes amazing books. Uh, she wrote Still Alice, um, and her, her books that are are novels, but using uh, brain function and brain disease and, uh, other, uh, you know, taking science and turning it into a story that makes it understandable. Uh, that's always, uh, I'm, I'm just so excited about when, when her books come out and any, uh, and, and like, and Lisa's books, those are two of my favorite writers.
0: So where can we find you online and where can we find your book?
2: You can find me uh, at my website, com or on the Twitter, or on the Facebook. <clears throat> and, you know, I think like many writers right now, we are sending people to Bookshop. Uh, bookshop is that website, as you know, Mallory, that aggregates indie bookstores. And I am that person, and I know that your listeners are too, who just loves going into a bookstore you know, I don't want to see, I want to see them make it. It's so important to me. Those are like my, my outside house living room, you know, it's to, to, and of course the great thing is, is you walk in and you get, you find a book that you never would have thought you would love and and the surprise of that is like finding a new friend and so uh, bookshop is a great place uh, to support your local bookstore and to find all my books and other great books
0: annabelle thank you so much for joining us
2: uh i love what you're doing with your show. It's so great. <laughs> so thanks for having me. And um, I, of course, I, I'd love to hear any readers' feedback. So on Twitter, where I'm LA Gerwich or La Gerwich, if you want to be really pretentious about it, uh, I'd love to hear readers' thoughts. That's part of the conversation. You know what I mean? thats That's what's really fun.
0: Now it's time to test out some book tech advances in bookish technology. Get ready for some snack testing folks. This week, we're testing out snacking chocolate. Uh, this is from Laurianne, and uh, Bria, can you describe this chocolate? Well, I can
1: as i buy this a lot this is my airport chocolate uh i mean i like it generally (laughs) but i know they have it at the airport so when i arrive and i'm like getting my water and like maybe buying an oprah magazine i don't know like some something just perusing (laughs) around i i also um get uh this this chocolate at the airport um these bark thins are thin but they're not that thin They're like, they're, they're finished. They're almost (laughs) just right. They look like a piece of bark. They're appropriately thin and they have like different crap mixed in. Like, uh, one has like coconut, one has pretzels, one has almonds, all sorts of crap, but like good crap. Um, and (laughs) these things are not bars. They're like, it's like a bag. If you haven't seen them, if you haven't seen them, it's like a bag full of like chips, like a chip bag. But you know, these are thicker than chips and they're chocolate. Is that a good, is that a good description you feel like?
0: Yeah, it's it's not it, – it's like a little – I guess that's, that is a really good way to say it. It's like chocolate chips, but
1: – Yeah, like but, potato not chi- chips, like, but not chips. Like potato chips. Like <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and just a heads up, I don't eat dairy, but the ones – and ones we got did not contain dairy, but apparently some do, and I don't know which ones are which, and I don't want to pump these up and be like, these are dairy-free because – and it, someone order them who's dairy-free and um, be disappointed. So I don't know. Apparently, maybe at some point they added dairy to to the chocolate or something, but I haven't had a problem. I've I've, I've bought it. I mean, the ones we had didn't have dairy in them, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, um, but what do you – so what do you think is a – we know what you think of them as an airport snack. What yeah. do you think of them
1: as a reading snack? Well, love them as an airport snack. I'm just going to keep saying that. They're very, very good as an airport snack. But as a reading snack – they don't really pass the melty test, unfortunately. I think these are maybe, my guess is this is a 55 to 65% dark chocolate situation. I'm There are milk chocolate ones, think, I think, too. Uh, maybe that's where people are getting the milk ones from. Anyway, but for the ones we had, at my guess, it doesn't have the percentage on the front, which usually means it's not like a super dark chocolate. And I think it's a 55 65%. Situation, um, so it's not dark <laughs> enough to prevent melting. So you are going to need a napkin or maybe some chopsticks, chopsticks for these bad boys, because uh, you are literally your body heat on your fingertips will make these melt if you hold them for too long. Did you find that happening?
0: Uh, yeah, but I I am trying not to laugh because I can see what your rating is.
1: <laughs> so, as an airplane snack, five out of five pages. As a book snack, you get two chocolate covered fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the what name is the of rating system? Punk band is that good? college two chocolate covered fingers? The thing is we don't even know is that good, is that bad? What does this rating system mean? We don't know, but that's what you get, so I'm just letting you know that's what what happens at the end an unknown rating system, the chocolate finger system. <laughs> <laughs> that is, we don't know if that's good or bad, but we know that you have chocolate on your fingers at the end of the day, and it gets on your book, it gets on your Kindle. Ugh, if this spills in your bag, that's bad news. If it's a hot day, I'm just letting you know. I'm. Which I was going to say, Bria has some definite experience been with. Been there. <laughs> been there, buddy. Uh, what What about you, Mallory? How did you feel about bark thins as a reading snack?
0: Um, I actually gave it three out of five pages, Okay, three chocolate covered fingers, <laughs> um,
1: because <laughs> out of a I whole mean, hand. Out of a hand, out of a whole of hand,
0: well, it's still five. So it's still out of five, um, three chocolate covered fingers. That's going to be our new snack system. Um, cause they are very tasty. I'm not a big chocolate person, um but they they are tasty. I got the the I can always tell uh, I got the gluteny one cuz <laughs> I got the chocolate. I got the chocolate one with pretzels in it because Bria can't have gluten. Uh, um, I wasn't super happy about the the chocolate to pretzel ratio. Mm-hmm. I think I was expecting more of a chocolate-covered pretzel situation oh, instead you of it with pretzels
1: in it. Oh, I wanted you more wanted, pretzel. You wanted more pretzel, less chocolate. No, it's a chocolate that has little pieces of pretzel. Like I said, it's like, this yeah. is why all of them are like some have blueberries and they have like little tiny blueberries throughout. It's mostly a chocolate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, but as a reaming snack, again, three, three out of five, three out of five chocolate cover fingers because, I mean, it's, it wasn't, it's not like it has a coating that sticks to your fingers. It's not like a, a flaming hot Cheeto situation. No, no, no. Um, God, no. <laughs> um, it does have like sort of a powdery coating that you can tell is trying to prevent some melting and some, uh, st- some like sticking together in the bag. Um, but if you are holding it in your fingers for more than a few seconds, that coating melts away. Um, I definitely uh, found that I was using a napkin quite a bit because mm-hmm. I was reading a print book um, and got some chocolate on one of the pages because of this. Living um, that Bria Grant my- lifestyle. <laughs> Uh, the dangers of being a reading glasses host. Um, but, I mean, they are good. And I do think they probably are better than some other chocolates. Um, like, this is definitely going to be less on your fingers than a Reese's peanut butter cup, mm-hmm. you know. Um,
1: maybe M&M's are, like, the ideal chocolate to eat because they have that candy coating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to add some. Oh, now that you said that, I'm going to add some uh, M&M type things that I like to our to our list. Oh. Love M&M's. Love a peanut M&M. Um,
0: but yeah, these are, if you were a chocolate person and you're looking for something that's a little bit better than like maybe a, uh, like a really milk chocolate situation, um, I would recommend these. Um, but, you know, they're still not, per- we're still looking for that perfect unmeltable chocolate. Basically <laughs> would have to be like a hundred percent cacao. Ugh, and
1: that's like, that's not, listen, I love a dark chocolate and that's gross.
0: Yeah, too much. we're looking some I would love to partner with a chocolate company that was ma- made a chocolate that was specifically for reading that was like really good at not getting on your fingers. <laughs> Chocolatiers of the world. Get at Bria and I. Uh Uh, So if you want us to test out some book tech or snacks, uh, you can check out our wish list in the show notes, or you can send the idea to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Christy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember you can buy tote bags, shirts, stickers in the maximum fun store, all with the reading glasses logo on it. Uh, Cool reading glasses sayings. They're adorable. Jeremy wears his reading glasses shirt all the time. It's very cute. Um, There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and don't want to spend any money but do want to support us, you can rate and review us for free on iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds. It is so helpful to us. Advertisers are very impressed by it. Potential new listeners are very impressed by it. We are very impressed by it. It's just wonderful. It truly has no downsides, and it is free. Uh, You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on, on Twitter at Reading Cheap Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks for reading.